this is somebody that has control of their life. They have control of their schedule. They don't have a boss. They're doing their own thing. That's the legacy. I mean, Dave, you hit it right on the head and it's incredible. I literally have goosebumps right now because that's the truth. That's the legacy. If you're just going to always be an employee, that's what your kids are going to see. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People, and I am telling you this, if I can do it, so can you. So let's get started. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about circumstance, all right? Let's talk about when you go out there and you're being proactive and you are reaching out to distressed property owners, I'm talking about the ugliest properties on the street in your community, right? And you're reaching out and you're having conversations with these property owners, but something just isn't happening, right? Something isn't happening. It's just not connecting. You're talking to a lot of people, but that really hot lead that you always hear about That hot deal that you always hear about on this podcast or other podcasts or YouTube or at meetups or from your friends or from your heroes in this business, it's just not popping for you. And you have an option of your responses, right? What is your response going to be here? And that's the interesting thing because between circumstance and response is choice. You have a choice here. You have a choice on how you're going to respond. Are you going to let all of the rejection? Are you going to let all of this work? Are you going to let all of the people telling you that maybe this isn't the right thing for you, or maybe you should try out this other thing or whatever it is, or are you going to stick to the plan and stay consistent? That's really challenging. It's extremely challenging because the first, when we get started in this business, we have like this bliss. It's kind of like a blissful ignorance. We don't know what can be accomplished. We don't know what it's going to take. And then all of a sudden we get into it and then we realize what it's going to take. And a lot of people step away at this point, but not the man that I'm interviewing and having a conversation with on this podcast, because this guy talked to thousands of property owners before he closed his first deal, before he tasted the true fact that he could close a deal and bring in income for himself and his family right? From the efforts that he was making every single day, calling up on these ugly houses and asking him if they would consider an offer. So out of Riverside, California, it is my pleasure to introduce Dave King to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Dave, say hello to everybody. What's going on? What's going on, Brent? How's everybody doing? I am excited. I am excited since you came by my office in September. We're not too far away, Phoenix and Riverside, but you know, you were just getting into it. It was just your first month and you were just sinking your teeth into it and you were ready to take action. You were already in the process of pulling your lists and getting the phone numbers and making some calls and you just kept going and kept going and kept going. Tell me kind of what that process looked like. Tell me what your first six months in this business looked like because I think it's really important to get perspective for everybody. 
Yeah, of course. My first six months, a lot of trial and error, me figuring out what the business really is, kind of the nature of the beast. But my main thing was going back and figuring out kind of what my schedule should be. And so once I figured that out, which was calling 9 a.m. to 12 and then going out and driving for dollars between 12 and 3 and then coming back and just doing follow ups every day between usually three to five or three to six. Through all, all of that, after the first six months, I was, like I said, able to find some traction and get a deal done. But that was tireless nights, waking up, wondering what's going on with the sellers. A lot of deals being almost at the finish point didn't work out. I know it. Means, man, if the list goes on and on. But like you said, for the intro, I was able to figure it out. Well, I was looking back through all of our past texts and it was like, check out this deal, check out this deal, check out this deal, check out this deal, check it out. And like you were saying, I mean, true to form, you were there, there was leads that just couldn't get past the finish right. line. What do you think was happening there? Like educate everybody that maybe they're going through this now. Maybe they just were heartbroken because something fell out or somebody else swooped in and got the deal. Like talk about some of those reasons why they didn't get closed. If you can go back that far. Yeah, of course. I had deals. For example, I had a seller who just chose at the last minute to go with the real estate agent because in our area, you know, the numbers were like 340000 is what I was willing to offer them for a property that he was able to end up selling on the market for like five fifteen. He entertained the offer at the time because he was moving to Tennessee where he's from and he had a son who... <laughs> You know, you've seen the movie Step Brothers. Basically, he had a son that was like 40 years old that still lived with him. And he was trying to figure out what to do with him before he could move back to Tennessee. He was like, yeah, I need to get this thing sold. And I was telling him, hey, we could do it. I actually had a buyer who was interested, you know, would do it within two to three days. And after speaking with him, I think we went on Christmas happened. I still remember because you were telling me at the time, like, hey, man, keep pushing. We have until about December the 16th to get those deals in. And I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. He's like, hey, I'm just going to do it with the real estate agent. And so that was one deal. I had a situation where I came out, look at a property, the seller and his wife thinking to move to Texas. Great deal. Was able to get the numbers close to what they wanted. Last minute, hey, we actually don't want to you know, sell the house. After all, we're going to stay. That took about 30, 40 days to figure that out. And so I kept moving. I wasn't sitting on these deals and trying to figure out how I can close each one of them. What was going through your head when you're going and you're like, okay, I'm talking to people for three hours a day. I'm getting these opportunities, but they're just not closing. I'm just not bringing in income. Did you want to quit? Were you looking around for maybe some other opportunities? Did you just stay laser focused? Like mentally, what was going through your head? I knew it worked. Let's just say that I knew it worked. I'm in TTP. So having spoke with other people, it's working where people are closing deals in our group meetings. And so I just got to a place of what do I need to do more of or what can I exile? How can I laser focus in on certain things or, you know, the money making activities? You know, after a certain amount of time and talking to my family, not necessarily about the business, but just like, you know, this is where I am with everything. And because my mom invested a little money into the, the mentorship with me and everything, OPM, because I knew I would be able to get it back. And so I've since then paid her back. At the time, you want to give those progress updates. This is what's going on. And so I just knew that it was not something that I was going to quit on for sure. That's incredible. What were you doing before you got into real estate? Like, what's your background and how'd you find it? I actually found wholesaling in 2016, believe it or not. It was not a mentorship, but Cody Sperber, Clever Investor, they had basically like a 30-day get your first deal done situation. And I wasn't able to get traction at the time because there sure. wasn't a lot of technology. You go and drive it for dollars, you have to write the information down. 
and I wasn't as committed. You know, I had a job at the time. So to give you kind of my background, before entering real estate this time, I was working for the state for Caltrans, which was basically uh, highway maintenance. It was good money, paid the bills, but it wasn't something that ever since the 2016, having tried real estate, I knew it was something that I wanted to come back to. Like you said, based on philosophy, I'm not someone that I want to work for someone right. for the rest of my life, you know, because I know you can't pass that to your kids. You have to be able to build something, kind of pick yourself up from the bootstraps and, you know, kind of figure out your lane in whatever industry you're going to be in. And this was something that I knew you didn't necessarily have to be the smartest person to do real estate, you know? I love something it. And I, I love that you say that because a lot of people talk about legacy and they're like, oh, I'm going to leave this big portfolio of properties or, oh, I'm going to leave, you know, all these connections that I have. What are you leaving as an example? What is the model that they are going to look at and say, this is somebody that has control of their life. They have control of their schedule. They don't have a boss. They're doing their own thing. That's the legacy. I mean, Dave, you hit it right on the head and it's incredible. I literally have goosebumps right now because that's the truth. That's the legacy. If you're just going to always be an employee, that's what your kids are going to see. And that's fine if you're fine with that. But people with us, we just have different brains and we don't want to just be a cog in somebody else's wheel. We want to have control. And I think most of the people, if not all the people listening and watching this, want that that same kind of control or they just wouldn't be listening exactly. and watching. So really think about, are you setting the model for your kids in the future? That's huge. I love that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you got out of that job, you got into real estate. Now I remember they tried to pull you back into it, right? Yeah, because basically it's intermittent. So you go in for a season, six months or so at a time, you know, basically they're like, hey, we don't need anybody right now. Then you come back. I had been in that job previously. This was actually the third time that I was actually going to work there. That's why when I was having those conversations with you going back and forth, kind of like, what should I do? It wasn't that, you know, I know a lot of people get to a place where they're like, oh, I'm running out of money. It wasn't right. It's that I have a son and I just felt as though it wouldn't be irresponsible to use my savings on investing, especially since it wasn't getting traction that quick. Yeah, I was, you know, that's why I was willing to try new dollars and do these different things because I was willing to do something different, you know, to try to get a different result. Yeah, and you were using Batch Dialer. It wasn't working for you. So you switched over to Call Tools. And not only that, but you switched from Riverside over to Florida. Where Florida, Florida did you go? Bellevue, Gainesville area. Ocala, kind of, you know, I think Midwest, Florida. I love it. Yeah. And as soon as you started in Florida, how'd it go? So, yeah, as soon as I started in Florida, I got a list, like I said, from Moran. Shout out, Moran. Moran, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically dialed that list, you know, every single day I woke up, except Sundays, you know, dialing out, talking to sellers, and I was able to get a lot of leads quick, kind of sort through the who was actually going to sell, who wasn't. Um, and then I got to a seller, like I said, who at the time was going through a family probate situation mm -hmm. and I met him at the right time. Essentially, you know, we got to a place where we were talking about the property. I understood his situation. He had previously in the last eight months before he sold the property to us, talked to other buyers and it just wasn't the right timing. So the time yeah. that I actually met him was a time after the probate situation was coming to an end and met him, was able to close the deal with him just by creating rapport. Well, well, before we get to the bell ringing on this thing, let me ask you this, because whenever somebody asks me about changing lists or they're taking a lot of action but not getting a lot of traction, 
I look at three main things, skills, data, and lists. All right. right. Skills is how are you at communicating on the phone? What is your tone? What is your pacing? What words are you using? I look at that first because I want to see if even when you make a connection, are you able to get past the first five seconds? Because the first five seconds will get you the next 30 seconds when you're talking right. to somebody that's new, when you're talking to a stranger about their property. So I want to see if that's the first thing. The second part is the data, right? Do you have the right phone number for these properties? Are you talking to enough people to really find and build a lot of opportunities or a lead pipeline? And then the third part is the lists, right? Are you calling right. people and are they constantly rejecting and saying no, or they want retail or are they open to it? So what do you think it was, Dave, going from Riverside into the middle of Florida and having so much more... And and better conversations. I definitely would say just from my experience talking to other wholesalers in California and versus Florida and different things, I think that, I mean, it's, it's just a lot more people in California. Uh, a lot more people are buying in California. Okay. So it's tougher to find deals, not necessarily that you can't find a deal. You can get a deal because I'm actually working a couple right now, but you got to really dig deeper. A list. It's a list. list part well, of that. Yeah. yeah. I've heard you on the phone. Excellent. I know that you're getting the right data because you're connecting with a lot of the property owners. Right, so I'm right. assuming it's just the last part, which is who are you targeting? Who are you going after? And I'm going through this exercise, Dave, not for you. You understand all this. For everybody in the audience that's listening, if you're getting stuck in these situations, but you still have that fire in your belly, you still know that it's going to work like Dave did. You got to look at those three things. Is it my skills? Is it my phone numbers or the data? Or is it the list? Is it the target that I'm going after? And then you right. can start tweaking those things. And if you're like, you know what? I feel confident on the phone. I feel like I'm bringing a lot of kindness and optimism to them. So that's good. And I know that I'm talking to the right people. I'm just not getting leads. It's the lists. Right. Listen to me, everybody. It's the lists, right? And so the lists come down to a lot of different things. If you're in a market like California or specifically Riverside, you have to get really niche with your cash buyers and what they're looking for and then almost reverse engineer it to find the right opportunities. It's not so much as a pretty as a list that everybody can use in every market. You got to go real niche. In Florida, it's different. And you went in Florida, you got the list and boom. Action. Like in California, for example, in California, like the list that I've called, just I'm talking about the pulling list. Driver for dollars is the best list. Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, just for myself, yep. like hearing yep. that, I've heard this a thousand times. You hear the seller. I heard this a thousand times, uh, or you just get an F you as soon as yeah. you do your spiel. In Florida, I didn't really have that. I didn't right. feel like every person was touched. I feel like in California, not literally, but every person has been touched. I get it. Some type of marketing some type of, will you sell your house, this, mm. that, you know, it's kind of harder for them because the margins, you know, that's another thing. The margins here, you know, $60,000, $70,000 a deal versus a Florida deal that, you know, I closed, which I'm 100% grateful for, 16000 yeah. It's different in that regard. So let's go back over that. So you went and you got this deal locked up for how much? $58,500. $58,500. And now yeah. you're in a new market, right? Right. So right. it's time to squad up with somebody that has buyers in that market, right? right? right. So what did you do? Right. Who'd you squad up with? Well, I squatted up with Moran, and essentially we were supposed to close the deal at the time. He had a lot on his plate, and when he looked at it, he didn't really see that it was enough room. Sure. And so what ended up happening was I met someone out of Pace Morby's group. Yeah, and up basically, too, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, sub two. And so, you know, sub two on Facebook. And we basically, I put out just, hey, I have this property in so-and-so area looking for buyers. And they connected me with someone like, hey, this guy is the, the expert in that area, which is David Mark. Essentially, me and David Mark, we got to know each other really quick. That wasn't actually the first deal I sent him. Sent him another deal. And then this deal was right after because I met the person within the same week. And so I was like, hey, that first deal didn't work. He was like, it's all right, man. And I was like, I got this one. And this is the one that we ended up closing. And so, yeah, we got a buyer within, I would say, two weeks. Is that his main market? Yeah, it is. This is a big thing, right? So Moran does deals all over the country. You know what I'm saying? So he's seeing everything everywhere. If at first you're bringing it to somebody that has buyers all over the place and doesn't have a specific, even if they pass on it, make sure that you go to somebody that is that market specific, because there's going to be a little bit of nuance more of what their buyers will pay for them in that market. And that's exactly what happened here. That's exactly what happened here. Yeah, exactly. So I brought it to him. He kind of looked at it, sent it out, like I said, to a bunch of people in our groups. I've met a lot of people, so I've sent it out to a lot of people and they kind of gave me what they thought. And then from that, compared to someone who's in the actual market, he was like, no, nah, man, it's a lot more room on this thing. You know, when we sat down and we pulled comps, I pulled my comps and then I showed him what I had. He pulled his comps. He showed me. We kind of came contrasted and came to a place where we we're like, OK, we could do something with this. And yep. so the next thing he had. I forget what software he used, but he basically blasted it out to his buyers and they came back and agreed to what we said, like number wise, like, yeah, we'll give you this for it. And so from there, the next thing was talking back to the seller and seeing kind of, okay, this thing is for real. Cause he was telling me at the whole time, if there's any point where you're not comfortable and you want to back out, you can back out. I could always go back to the last buyers and I tell him, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're going to make sure we figure out a solution for it. And so after going back and forth, we got to the 58.5. We were able to talk to the seller and in between there, make $16,500 off. So $16,500. You guys split it 50-50, but $16,500. Congratulations. Come on. (laughs) Man, man. The bell, the bell. (laughs) There it is. I love it. Listen, I mean... Wow. I mean, you battled a lot. I mean, you literally told me off screen before the podcast, 25,000 dials, 3,000 conversations. You stuck with it and you made some adjustments. You changed which dialer you used. You changed which market you were going after and boom, $16,500. That's what happens when that circumstance pops up. And instead of responding by hiding or running away or changing tracks, you made the choice to stay with it, stay consistent, stay positive and optimistic and push through and get it done. That is so powerful. And it is so powerful. Not only that, but to do that early in your business and to really stick it out that first six months year, I am telling you, it is a whirlwind. You are in a tornado. You're learning new things. You're meeting new people. You're going into different situations. You're now going into houses that you would never go into regularly because they're boarded up or they're falling apart or, you know, the We've got people that, you know, are really closed off in there and you did it. You pushed through this first six months and now, now you've seen light and now you're pushing. How's your, how's your pipeline of leads now, Dave? Robust. Yep. (laughs) Robust. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just, you know, I think one, and I always heard this from our, you know, meetings and everything with people that you get to a place where once you get the deal, 
it's the floodgates open, you know, yep. you get to a place where you're like, all right, this is, I could see the concept. It worked. How many times can I do this? Yep. You know, for how long can I do this? Yeah. I'm kind of at that place and then creating systems and some of the things I want to start touching base with you on. And then now I feel more comfortable sharing for YouTube and starting to do different things, you know, because I feel like there's a place where if you are trying things, you don't want to necessarily bring it out until you kind of have a finished product. And of course. Uh, yeah, that's where I am now. And I'm going to start documenting more. I love it. I mean, it's the classic, you know, you have faith and then fact changes it. And then once you have the fact, it just opens everything up. It's like Roger Bannister running under four minute mile. They ran right. the mile for like 2000 years until right. somebody finally ran it under four minutes. And now it's been, you know, that's, that's the average, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I you this. have a Roger Bannister in your brain. Everybody does just keep pushing, just keep pushing, keep the faith. And then boom, that first deal, it's the sub four minute mile. And all of a sudden you could do it again and again and again and again. I just want to touch basis on 1.2 because one thing that was holding me back, I remember it. I don't know how far you scroll back. But when I first started with you was CRM, do I need an LLC? Do I need any of these things? And you kind of like put me at a place where it was like, hey, man, just get a deal. Yep. Once you get some traction, you start talking to some people, you got some things lined up, use the money you get to invest back into yourself. And that's it. You know, I can say that that works. That truly works. Like, don't worry about too much how you're going to get the deal done and all these different things would just actually do the work, you know, yep. become in love with the process. 95% of this is that conversation with a distressed property owner. That's right. it. When you're starting out, 95% of it is lead generation. You can right. know everything. And, and there's probably people listening and watching this that knows way more about real estate than I do. Right. But millions of dollars made in real estate because of being proactive, lead generation, go after, find these opportunities and learn what to do with them. That's it. Right. Just recognize potential in these properties. That's how you level up in the real estate game. And just don't stay in paralysis by analysis. Don't stay in the education loop. Go out right. and take action. Any mentor that you have, any coach that you have out there, they should be having you focus 100% on just finding opportunities in the beginning because that's the whole point. You have to find these opportunities to be able to convert them. And once you convert them, then you actually make the income. And then you break your brain and you know you can do it again and again and again. Yep. I mean, it's a process, man. I found a lot out about myself. I found out a lot about, you know, like I said, the business, how I can help others was a thing as far as like getting the deal done in Florida. And like, man, I'm not even in Florida, you know, uh, and I'm able to get a deal done and do this for my, for my house. And as much as it took a long time to get everything done, you know, I'm grateful for what happened along that process so that now I can like look at it from a different lens and say, okay, got the deal done. It took all that, but you know, we can shorten that time if we get better at these things, you know? Love it. Love it. What's yeah. the big goal, Dave? When you think about being a real estate investor, are you lending money? Are you developing properties? Are you flipping properties? Are you holding a big portfolio? Tell everybody what the next five, 10 years is going to look like for Dave King. Yeah, for me, I definitely believe in passive income. I follow Grant Cardone, you know, it's just his philosophies and passive income and having to not have to necessarily work every single day and everything. And then taking even I was looking at syndication and different things like that. Sure. You know, I don't know about lending, but I will definitely say rental portfolio would probably be what I would say wholesaling actively for income to be able yep. to take and invest into, you know, my portfolio. Perfect plan.
use wholesaling as your ATM machine, your cash machine, and put it into assets that last forever. Right. I love it, Dave. Awesome. What's the best way to get a hold of you, Dave? People want yeah, to squat up with you. They want to say congratulations. Right, right. I give you guys my Instagram. It's King Dave underscore the T-H-E and then great G-R-8. Yeah, it's, it's on the screen on the YouTube channel, Brent Daniels YouTube channel, if you want to check that out. Well, Dave, incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. I am so happy for you. We've talked a lot over the last six months and just seeing you at this point, you've cracked it wide open. Now it's just right. staying focused, staying focused. Ugly houses, big checks, ugly houses, big checks. Get this thing up to a million dollar business. Pull yourself out of the business, net a million dollars in this business, and then or and really, really, really start building that portfolio and going real bananas on all of the exciting things that this industry brings us. So I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch yeah, it, man. Yeah, oh. like I said, anybody, I'll help anybody if you guys need help, you know, calling, closing deals. I have people in the California area. If anybody's in California, definitely reach out to me. Incredible. Give some advice to somebody just starting out, Dave. I would say if you're, you know, just starting out, just enjoy the process. Don't be too hard on yourself because I feel like at some place you can start to like have negative thoughts when things aren't working the way, you know, sure. you know, can I really do this business? And you have to really affirm, you know, to yourself that you can do these things. And life really isn't that serious, man, when you really break it down because, you know, you're kind of here and going tomorrow. And so it's just waking up every day with enthusiasm, kind of having your set go-tos or how your mantras or whatever you got set up and, you know, drinking a glass of water and just getting to work, you know? That's it. That's I love it, Dave. Thank you for yeah. being on here. Really right. appreciate it. What a story. Incredible. Right, and right. listen, you know, just like Dave was saying, comparison is the thief of joy. And it's not the comparison that we have towards other people. It's a comparison that we have of where we think we should already be. Stop it. Live today. Do the work today. Who are you going to help today? Who are you going to have a quality conversation with? Who are you going to get a signed purchase agreement with today? That's the question to ask. Comparison is a thief of joy. Don't let it attack your joy. All right. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family, the TTP coaching program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP, wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check out what it's all about. Check out the incredible people that we work with currently and the success that they're having. Check out what the program involves. And if it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And I look forward to working with you personally. And that's it. I will wrap up this incredible podcast with Dave King, the King. I love it by telling everybody to go out there and talk to people. Love you guys. See you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.